This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Go, if you will, to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. And you cannot teach on the tithe without going to Malachi. And I don't care if you've been in this church before, and I don't care how much you've heard about tithe. You need to listen attentively. Listen attentively, because it might be something that you miss. It might be something that you have to look at, even though that you're a tither, that have not been happening in your life that should be happening. Maybe it's some things I'm doing inappropriately. and Because it's not just about giving 10%. And because when you do that and that's all you're thinking about, you're probably doing it all wrong and that's why you're not getting the benefits of it. But it's important that you do. In Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 6, it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers you have gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, said the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But ye say, Where, how have I robbed thee? The answer, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the cursed, if you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, even the nation. That's why the problems are in nations. He said, not only you have robbed me, but even the whole nation. Bring ye all, verse 10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the season, said the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, said the Lord of hosts. You know, I like to read that slow because we're so used to just flying through that and we like that first part, you know, we just read it. But you need to read it very slow and carefully and see different things. It's all kind of clues within that statement that shows what the tides do for you. And most people miss it because they don't understand it. And I am fully persuaded that, not, that most born-again people are not getting the benefits of the tithe. Because they don't understand the principle of the tithe. And because in their mind when they tithe, they think that they're sacrificing something. But you can't sacrifice something that don't belong to you. Amen. Now, many saints, understand this, many saints have not got the full benefit of the tithe. They love the Lord. They're born again. They're going to heaven, but they're not receiving the benefit of the tithe simply because they lack understanding of it. Because their whole concentration, maybe with a lack of teaching or wrong teaching, their whole concern about the tithe is the 10%. 
And if that's all you're thinking about concerning the tithe, I'm already telling you right now that you're already looking at it all wrong. And I promise you, you're not benefiting from it. Because you have to have your mind correct way of thinking when you tithe. And we're going to get to some, some things about that. Now, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna just, I'm gonna try to wrap it all up without teaching the whole thing over, but I'm gonna go to specific parts so that you can, you can grab it. And if you're new here and you, uh, this is your first time hearing the message, just grab a hold of it. You can go back and you can look, listen, uh, to some of the tapes. I don't know exactly which one it is, but you can go back and listen and stream some of the other ones and find out where that was when we, we taught the full, the full teaching on this. Now, even though tithing is a physical thing, it operates out of a spiritual principle. So important that we understand a spiritual principle because a spiritual principle is always God has set spiritual principles in our lives on this planet whereby we can grow, develop, and that we can understand what He's doing in the kingdom. And He has set a principle in in this in the in the tithe, and He's it's a spiritual principle, but we have to understand how it works. Especially those that don't understand it. Especially those. Because people think, I'm telling you, people will sin all day long and do every kind of wrong thing, but they tithe. Because they don't understand it. They think that that 10% is everything. As long as I do that, God is going to bless me financially. Because that's what they've been taught. And that's all they think. They, can, they live any kind of way, but they tithe. I mean, they they won't miss tithing. They oh oh, I'm going to tithe. If it if I don't do nothing else, I'm going to tithe. But you're not getting the benefits from it. Now the church may be benefiting from it, and it's and and that's okay. They they might pay you the light bill with it or whatever. But you're not getting the benefit from it. Amen. So you have to understand that out of this spiritual principle, it is controlled by the content of your heart. And the way you think. That's the way it's going to... The whole tithe is going to work by the content of your heart and the way you think. Not the dime on the dollar. It's going to work by the content of your heart and the way you think. Amen? So let's deal with getting the principle correct. Now, listen to me. We are dividing up the principles. No. Tithes. I'll say it again. Tithes. It falls under the principle of sow and reap. Don't think that it falls upon the stewardship. A lot of times uh, pastors teach stewardship in their church and they bring in and that's when they want to teach on the tithe. But that's the wrong thing because the tithe doesn't go up under the, the principle of stewardship. It goes up under, up under, it's not sow and reap, but it goes under the principle of sow and reap. There's a difference. It's not sowing reap. See, some people think that they're, when they're tithing, they're sowing a seed. No, it's not. It's under the principle of it, but it is not sowing reap. Understood. Now listen, stewardship seems to suggest the same thing as sowing reap for some people. But they cannot be interchanged. You can't say, well, when I'm tithing, I am sowing. When I'm tithing, I'm being a good steward. See, you got to know the difference between the two. 
we spoke on that uh, uh, earlier in earlier teaching. Listen, let's start with the principle of sow and reap. The objective of sow and reap is to teach us how to receive the provisions of God. Not money from God, the provisions of God. Provisions is more than money. I'm trying, I want to drive this money thing out of your head. To, prov- to receive the provisions for God. Now God has laid out certain provisions for us. And how uh, uh, do us, do we as individuals, how do we receive that? We're, it's it's up under the principle of sow and reap. Okay? It comes under the, the provisions come under the principle of sow and reap. Under the principle of sow and reap. Under the principle of sow and reap. I want you to grab that. Now remember always that the tithe, which we're teaching on, that it is a law within the principle, but it's not the principle. It's a law within the principle, but it's not the principle itself. Now the purpose of sow and reap is that it is a faith building principle. It will build your faith. It will cause you to grow. It will cause you to develop. You need to be a tither so that you can grow and it's a faith. It builds your faith. Listen. The goal of sow and reap is to make it so you can super amount and have super abound and have your needs met. That's sow and reap. Did you hear me? That's sow and reap. Superabound. That's where that principle is going to take you. It's going to make you where you superabound. So if you're looking at yourself right now, and you have been tithing, and you're not superabounding, somewhere you're missing it. Even though you and you love the Lord, doesn't have anything to do with that. If you're not superabounding, listen. When you, when the, the, the goal of sowing and reap, when you're sowing and reaping, if you're not, let, let's forget, let, let's stop the, talking about the tithe right there. If you are sowing and reaping and you're not souping abounding, something's wrong. I super abound simply because I sow and reap. You have to work that principle. See, you cannot think like the world. You've got to change your thinking. You know why? Because the world says, don't do that. You cannot do that. Don't give them that. They got more than you. What are you doing giving them something? They got more than you. Well, no, don't give everybody. You're not going to have nothing if you give. See, that's the way the world see, thinks. But God wants us. He's making us a blessing to be a blessing. And you, the sow and reap, I got to be a blessing. I got to sow something in order to superabound. But at first, you have to abound to able to superabound to have something. You got to have something to go to sow in order to superabound. If you're just abounding, how are you making it? I'll tell you how you're making it from paycheck to paycheck. Because superabound will always have. Something, you'll always have a cushion. Because why? I sow and I reap. Pushing forward. Let's look at the principle of stewardship. Then that was the principle of sow and reap. Now I want you to understand. You cannot sow and reap a tithe. Know that. Because you can't sow and reap what don't belong to you. 
You can only sow what belongs to you. You can only sow what belongs to you. If I gave you $20, you can't take my 20 And I gave it to you as a loan. Now, if I gave it to you, it's yours to do what you want to with. But if I gave it to you as a loan and you're going to pay me back, you can't take my $20 and sow and reap it. you got to pay me back. Let's go with the principle of stewardship. The objective of stewardship is to teach us how to be a wise steward over the provisions of God. Now, that takes us to another. That's talking about the 90%. And we're going to do an extensive teaching on that, so I won't get into that. But stewardship, you're going to have, let me tell you, you'll never ever see anything if you're not a good steward. Um, you'll never, you will never see how anything can multiply. You will never get changed the thought in your head of how to get better, how to how to sow and reap, how to do, operate in stewardship. Never if or if you're a bad steward. If you spend everything you have, the soon as soon as it comes in, you're a bad steward. If you're living at your means, you're a bad steward. You must live below your means in order to be a good steward. Because if you leave, live below your means, you have that extra. Now I have to discipline myself to be a good steward, not to use that money or to use whatever it is. I've got to discipline myself. I have to take stewardship over myself and say, no. But if you're living right at your means, every dime is going out. As soon as it comes in, little bit, I don't care if you pinch off of it, it goes out. Now the purpose of stewardship is a character building per, uh, uh, principle. It's going to build character in you. It certainly will test your character. It will test it when your needs are met or unmet. Where's your character when that happens? Provision, God's like, I'm trying to sit you in position to be provided for. Now, it is the superabound, and having your needs met is the, is, the goal, is the goal of stewardship. The goal is what we're trying to obtain, to superabound. We're trying to superabound. Why are we trying to superabound? So we can buy things and stuff and, and furniture and cars and houses. No, we're supering about so that we can give to the kingdom first. See, because you'll always say what you can't do for the kingdom if you're not superabounding. Whenever God asks for anything special offering or whatever, for whatever we're doing, you can't do it. Because of this principle, you're a bad steward and you're not operating out of the principle of sow and reap. And, and, and not only are you not doing that, you are a bad steward. In both of those principles, you're not operating properly. So it's going to always be that way. And you know what? You, and sometimes this is what you feel. Because you have short-term little spurts of getting a little money, you be like, yes! This is going to go. But notice you don't keep it. You, you notice it goes away quick. You know what the Bible says about that? Money in the hands of a fool. 
Because a fool won't operate in God's principle. He says, it's going to leave you. I don't care how much you try. You even tell yourself you're going to save it. And watch, it goes. It will not stay. The money in the head of a fool is soon departed. I don't care how much you... I'm going to save. I'm going to save this time. Not if you're a bad steward. Because something's going to come in your face that you really wanted and you'll say, I'll do it and I'll put it back. I'm a, I'm a, I'll just do that, but that's all I'm getting. No, it's not. And before you know it, you're back where you started. Amen. Now look at the difference between sow and, sow and reap. Have our needs met. Stewardship is too super abound so that we can meet the needs of others. We hate the, the fact of it when it says meeting the needs of others. I love the need to meet the needs of others. It's a satisfaction for me. It's not a dread. It's not, okay, God, okay. Uh-uh. It shouldn't be. The 90% that's left after the 10% that you give. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into the tithe and let you know exactly what it is. But that 90%, it goes up under the principle of stewardship. Again, we'll talk about that later. But, but, but the 90% is not for you to just squander and do what you want. Well, I mean, if we, if God already get, I mean, the ten percent is here, ninety He ought to let us do. Well, you know, all of it belongs to God. <laughs> the earth is the Lord and the fullness. Of, really, everything belongs to God. The ten, He said, okay, I'm going to give that to you. The, I'm going to give you a hundred percent. Ten percent is mine off the top. Listen, get it in your head when you get your check. Just like you do with, with your taxes. Don't even add it in. If you budget yourself for the whole year, put that in your budget to not even look at. Don't put it in your budget. If you gross and you at the, you say, I'll make a hundred thousand dollars a year. That is not what you take, that is not what you make. That is not what you make. And you cannot try to put everything on that because you don't make that. Oh, we love that. I make 65000 You don't. You don't make six. If you said, okay, well, what's your, your salary? Well, I make $65,000 a year. Is that what, when you get your check, is that what you get? No. You don't. You don't get it. It's less taxes. So that and so whatever less less taxes it is, that is your budget. That's so simple. But now, because I'm a believer and I want to be in the will of God, I want to do the will of God. I want to understand the principle and I want to benefit from it. I put the my tithe right with the taxes. It's not a part of my budget. It's not a part of anything I use. So whatever they take out for my taxes, I take what I'm going to put for my time, and I never look at it in the budget. Because once you look at it in the budget, now you're saying, I can't tithe. Because you budgeted around it. You put it in there, and then you had put added all your bills, put the tithe in there, and you I don't have it. No, you don't. Put it away, and then 
you begin to see what you have left, then you won't make that extra bill. But if you don't put it in there, you think you have extra money. Now, you're struggling to tithe. And then when you do tithe, you tithe begrudgingly. You be like, oh God, I just, you know, I mean, you're fussing about his, his stuff. Like, oh, I just, you. and so you're doing that all wrong. It's all, it's a heart issue. It's a mind issue. Everything. It have, we want to get to a point where you're happy when you tithe. Very few Christians are happy to tithe. Very few Christians are excited about tithing. Very few. I'm telling you, very, very, very few. They don't get, oh God, I'm just thankful I'm able to tithe. I want to hurry up and take it to the storehouse. Oh, thank God I got extra this. I want to go. Nobody says that. God said, but that's where I want you to get. Then I can trust you. Because you're not wrapped up in that. That's what I want to get this church to. Where you're glad about tithing. You're rushing in the time. I want to. I want to bring God what belongs to Him. And I want to give an offering too. Because why? Because I have changed my thinking. So it leads you right into giving. And I'm not teaching this because we have a need and we need you to give more. Any of that. I'm teaching the principle. Oh, that's all I'm doing. I want us to get to a point where we're happy about it. Glad and excited about it. Amen. I want to answer for you in this series. Tell you what I'm going to do. Four things. Scripturally, the question of why, uh, uh, the truth about the tithe. Then I want to make sure that we understand scripturally the faithfulness of God through the tithe. Number three, I want to teach us the, the, how we have to focus and go beyond this money thing and seek to understand the principles of the tithe. I want us to forget about money. I want us to forget about that. I want us to seek to understand the principle. If you get right now, if you're with me, grab a hold of my hand and let's go with the... All I want to think about now is the principle. I don't want to think about the money. I don't want... Because as long as you think about the money, you're not going to grab a hold of the principle. Are you with me? The money is not the issue. The issue you have is with the heart and the way you think. It's not the money. Let me tell you, it's not the money. You think it's the money, but it's not. It's your heart. And your way of thinking. Then I want to give you, I gave you three definitions of tithe. I told you the tithe is one tenth of all legally incoming cash, earned or unearned. Now you can only tithe with cash. We're not going to go through that. I'm going to tithe my time. You cannot go to the car dealership and sing a song and think they're going to give you a car. I'm going with my talent. Try that at HEB. You cannot go, you can't take a cow there. Not unless you got a contract with him and you got the meat cut up and you're in the meat section. You can't bring a cow. You gotta bring, that is what we're on. You can only tithe with cash. That's the medium that we're on. If we was on something else, we tithe with something else. But that's what you have to do. You can only tithe with cash. God said, bring me 10% of what you've earned. Oh, that's my money. Well, he's the one that gave you power to gain wealth. You're the one, he's the one that's giving you the strength to go to work to get it. 
And that's all yours. Second definition. It is a tenth that belongs to God and must be returned. Did you hear me? It belongs. The tenth. A dime on a dollar. It belongs to God and must. Not if you want to. It must be returned. It's not yours. You can't use it. No more than if you work for someone, you can't use their their things. You're there to work with it. If you worked at a car place, you cannot drive the cars off. Why? It doesn't belong to you. Are you here? Third definition. The tithe is the first fruits. Everyone say first. First. It's the first fruit. It is the cash that immediately separate from your own possession. You don't wait. You separate it immediately. Immediately. Why? Because it's the first fruits. You cannot, don't taint it. It belongs to God. That's why you take it and you never even, it's like, um, Having direct deposit, you never even see it. It just automatically goes there. It just automatically goes there. And you, you go and you be like, oh yeah, it's coming the first. And it automatically, you check your account, it automatically goes there. That's what you have to do with the tithe. It automatically goes there. You do not even say, well, I, oh, oh Lord, I forgot about my tithe. You should never forget about your tithe because it shouldn't be in there. It's, The first. Now we, we, we can't beat the we can't beat the government. They already they already doing it. So we have to go right behind them or stay with them. Do the same thing. The exact same thing. Get it in your head. Another way of thinking. I have to do the exact same thing. It has nothing. This has nothing to do with me. It belongs to God. It must be immediately returned. And I must separate it from my possession as soon as I get it. As soon as I get it. As soon as I cash it, I, as soon as I cash my check, I guess people still cash their checks or whatever, but you, well, as soon as you get it, that goes out. You don't even consider it. But what if I have a need? You, check your stewardship. God is not bending over and, and, Taking it easy on you because you're a lousy steward. Because you overspent and now you want to take from the time. You can't do that. Are you with me? You got to understand. If I gave you $100 in your mind, it was 90 Automatically. That should automatically be. Now, we have little children that we're teaching those things. You got to repeat, repeat and or learn to take away. But that should not be with us adults. When somebody give us something or when whatever, we should already know exactly what we got. It got to become a part of you. See, you're so used to not thinking that way, you don't think that way when somebody gives something to you. Take it away. Then I told you sacrifice is what you suffer because of disobedience. That's why you're sacrificing. Find where you were disobedient and you don't have to look very hard. Sacrifice is always you will suffer because of disobedience. Sacrifice is what you do when you do not tithe. 
You go right into sacrifices. Then it's like, uh, and you always think you're going to catch up, but you never will. You never will. If you don't get it in your head now that a dollar, the money, the dollars, is just a means to the end, but not the end, you never, that's all you're going to wrap your head around, is the money. And then I told you, he said, when a man robbed God, I gave you three ways that you can steal. You can steal by taking, keeping, and using. You can steal those three ways in the, keep, in the kingdom. By taking, keeping, and by using. Illegally taking possession of that which does not belong to you. You cannot do it. You cannot take something. You cannot rob someone's house and illegally take something that don't belong to you. You can't go into the store and the cashier give you over the amount and say, oh, God bless me. You got to, no, you got to say, nope, that was illegal. You have to tell them, nope, I, you overpaid me. You cannot, again, you cannot take in possession that that does not belong to you. Illegally keeping possession is a trust, and you have to return it. So is the tithe. It's a trust. Just as if you was a lawyer. And Judge, you, you, you probably have already learned that. If you are an executive over that, you can't. I don't care if you go bankrupt as the lawyer. If they trusted you with it, you, and, and even though nobody would ask you, you could sign a check and nobody would even ask you, wouldn't even say anything. But now if the government come, well, let's don't even take that. Let's take it to here. That's the church. The, the offering stuff is a trust. And it has to be used there. And let me tell you, the government can come in and say, you know what, let us see where all the money, what it was earmarked for. And I want to see if you used any of it personally for yourself. Because now, you have just did something illegal. What did you do for your... Let, let, that's what they're investigating. They're going to say, let us see. All we want to know is what was, what was brought in. Let us see the records. And I, we want to go through them to make sure that you didn't spend anything on yourself from that trust. I hope that becomes simple. Because then it, it's not called embezzlement then. It's, it, it's the way it is. You cannot use anything that doesn't belong to you. You can't possess it. You can't take over it. You can't do any of that. I remember, you all remember when we were going to go to, uh, we were going to do the cruise and and whatever happened, happened and everything. And pastor said, make sure everyone knows they can come back and get their money. Now, if they want to keep it, let it go, that, that's fine. But they can come back and get it. And several people did. And that was fine. Because it was allocated for that. And other people was like, just let it go. But because of whatever whatever happened that we couldn't, Anybody could have came back and got their money. You can't say, well, oh, you know, we did this and we didn't go. Well, we told you, if you didn't, you could come back and get your money. It's no problem. We wouldn't think anything of you. It's your money. 
We can't use it for anything else unless you say, okay, I don't want, I, you know, just put it in another part of ministry. That's fine. But know that you could have came and got it. Because that's what it was allocated for. Simple, simple. Then there's illegally using and possession of a trust contrary to the guidelines. See, if guidelines are set, you can't, you can't go against it. Once guidelines are set, you can't, you can't maneuver it. You can't try to make it something else. You can't say, well, okay, I know that we're supposed to do this, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. No. And, and, and you know what? For example, different things like, let's say, example, you have, we had to use certain funds for different things at the church because something didn't, didn't quite job right or the money right. But then you still have to put that down that you use that money for that. Everything has to be like it's supposed to be. You can't just do it. And again, it doesn't matter if nobody else checks. God checks. God checks. So, I'm not going to talk about the 90% anymore. I want to kind of get where I'm going. Okay, let's look at the purpose of the tithe. The purpose of the tithe does three, three, three things. It's to finance the kingdom of God in the earth. To take care of the household of faith. That there might be meat in my house. That's what the tithes do. It is number two, to publish the gospel to the lost. To make sure that those that are out there that do not know the Lord, those tithes can be used as an outreach. Now listen, this is one that affects you more directly. It is is to provide the needs for the body of Christ, whether temporal needs or spiritual needs. Let's take the temporal needs. When you tithe, you give God the legal right to intervene in your temporal affairs. Now that means that you that now God is going to give you supernatural insight. I'm telling you, there's nothing like supernatural insight. It goes far beyond money. Supernatural insight into your natural situation, your natural affairs, like things that's happening naturally to you, naturally maybe to your body, naturally to your marriage, nat- just natural things on your job. He will give you supernatural insight. He'll give you supernatural insight that those that are even above you on the job, they're flabbergasted when you come to them and tell them what you know because of insight. In your natural affairs. And someone, you, you, they got a doctorate. And you got a BA. And let me tell you, you know more than them. Why? Because of insight. You think it's you. You're not that smart. You're not. I promise you. It's the insight. It's the tide working for you. See, you don't see it, so you can't connect it with the tithe. But it gives you the insight. Why do you think for everybody come to you? Oh, you think that you just that sharp? No. The tithe is working. You need to step back and get in your cubicle or wherever you are in your office and shut that door and say, Thank you, Lord, for the tithe. 
Because why? You're giving me supernatural insight. See, it's not like he comes upon you and says, Oh, I'm giving you supernatural insight. You know what to do with this wafer. You know what to do with these people. You're... No, it doesn't work like that. It means that all of a sudden you're doing what you're supposed to, and all of a sudden you can see clearly where the, where the error is, where nobody else can. Or you can see clearly a way to get around it where nobody can come up with that idea. And when you come up to it with that idea and you tell them, they feel stupid because they be like, why did I think of that? Because they don't have supernatural insight. You do. And it's because of the tithe. And if you're struggling with the tithe, that's why you can never come, you never have nothing over in abundance at your job. Don't have supernatural insight. It also means, I love verse, I love verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. I love that. Which means he will prevent the erosion of your natural good. He will not let anything erode that belongs to you. In other words, listen, what, what, what you already have, he'll make sure that he prevents the devil from coming in and eroding the quality of your life. He'll prevent it. Eroding the quality of your health. He'll prevent it. Listen, those of you that have really serious health issues, check here. Don't let anybody put this on you to get you out of God's will because He will give you supernatural insight on that. I know you didn't go to school to be a doctor, but I promise you, God's supernatural insight supersedes even that. He's a great physician. He'll prevent the enemy from eroding your health, eroding the quality of your emotions. uh, 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 eroding the quality of your income. Every area. Eroding your house. Eroding your children. The tide keeps the devil just from just chipping away, chipping away. That's what he does. He chips away at you. Now listen. I love, I just love verse 11. In other words... You're out there planning something. And the devil start preempting your plans. Mm-mm. Destroying. Tearing it down. Tearing down your plan. The tide protects that. You know, and you've even said to yourself, why every time I start doing something, something happens. It's eroding, chipping away. The tide prevents that. See, see this makes that dime don't seem like nothing on a dollar. Because this it takes it, it'll keep him from eroding it. The tithe will make sure that your seed reproduce and become fruitful. Your seed, even your children, everything. He said, his tithe, the tithe that belongs to him, it'll make, when you obey it, it's not the money that does it, it's the obedience that does it. You obey the word of God. He said, I'll make sure that your children, your seed, even your seed, will reproduce and become fruitful. Mm. Your tithe will protect the things that you plan. That's the desires of your heart. 
The Lord said your tithe will make sure that you have them. Just the desires of your heart. The things that are beyond money. Spiritually, the tithe gives God an avenue whereby He may flow into you supernatural insight. You know what? We're gonna. I, I was asking God about this. You know what? We uh, God. Uh, God has to show you some supernatural things because you don't get it. Supernatural insight is more than just some insight you know because you got some little natural knowledge. Supernatural goes beyond the natural. It goes beyond that. Now, I want to caution you. When I say supernatural insight, I'm not talking about a word of knowledge. That's different. I'm not talking about a word of wisdom. That's different. Did you hear me? A word of knowledge, listen, please write this down so you'll already know. Because the word of knowledge, there are gifts of the word of knowledge. But you need to know the difference between that and supernatural insight. Listen, a word of knowledge just gives you knowledge about a particular situation that you're facing at a particular time. That's all a word of Somebody say, I got a word of knowledge for you. You got to follow up under that. It's a word that they're going to give you about a particular situation that you're facing right then at that particular time. Now, a word of wisdom is different. It deals with a specific situation that you might be dealing with at the time so it, it, it has no word of knowledge but or a word of wisdom. I'm talking about supernatural insight because that's going to, the, the, the super, um, I'm sorry, the word of wisdom is going to deal with specific situations. A specific situation that you might be dealing with at the time. Just a specific thing. Maybe it's on your job. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in your, uh, maybe it's with your, your, your significant other. Whatever. A specific thing. Something that you, you know what, yeah, we got this going on, but this specific thing that's been taunting us. This specific thing, right? That's where a word of wisdom is gonna come in. Showing you how to deal with that one specific thing. Hmm. Are you, are you following me? But listen, but I'm natural insight into the Word. I'm going to give you a definition of what that means. Supernatural insight, write it down. I'm talking about a total environmental concept of what He's doing in the earth. What He's doing in your life. What He's doing on your job. What He's doing in every area of your life. In every step that you make. Supernatural environmental concept of what He's doing. Giving you an understanding of what's going on. Giving you an understanding. See, when you don't know what to do, God is asking you to do. Sometimes God asks you to do some things that you see that seems hard and impossible. And you be like, I don't, oh, you know, oh. And then you, when it seems that way, it, it, it seems to contradict your life. Or your lifestyle. The time to open that up. See, God will ask you something, you'll be like, well, no, that can't be God because this. The time to open that up for you so that you, you can have an avenue to see how to flow supernaturally in that thing that seems impossible. God will give you things that seem impossible. Don't call it the devil. Don't say I can't do it. 
This is impossible. Don't say that. You need supernatural insight how I handle it. And you need supernatural insight to understand what God is doing in my life that He would ask me to do such a thing that seems impossible. God will say, okay, let me show you why I'm doing it in your life. But that's supernatural. God, you be like, how? How? I'm telling you, I'll be asking God every day, how? Why? I can't. Why? No, I, stop saying that you can't. Supernatural insight leads the way. Walk the path. That's all you have to do is just go. And then it just opens up. And you'll be like, oh, there it is. Now, I'm not talking about God coming up to you saying, you know, you're going to have more money. You're going to be successful. You're getting a nine-bedroom house that you can't pay the light bill for. You're getting that. and you're... No, I'm talking about the will that He will give you supernatural. I'm telling you that supernatural insight. And what is that insight? He's showing you the splendor of obeying Him. That's the insight. He said, let me show you what I can show you just because you obey me. I will break, just because you tithe and obey me. Let me show you the splendor of it. I'm giving you insight nobody else has. And all of a sudden, all those other things, all those other things that's trying to prevent you from doing what God wants you to do, mm-mm. It's going to pale in comparison to what God is doing in your life. If, uh, listen, don't, don't get this out of your head. The tithe does this. See, it's more than about some money. You must go after the supernatural insight that God will give us. You have to go after it when you, know, when you are a tither. It's an inner sight. See, it's not just seeing with these three. It's an inner sight into the Word of God. Sometimes I flabbergast myself in the Word of God. And what He says and what He, and what I start typing down, I'll be like flabbergast myself. Insight into His Word. The tithe does that. You must be willing, if God asks you to do whatever, because I'm a tither and I understand this principle, that anything to get in my way that's going to prevent me from doing what God is asking me to do, I'm dropping it. Because the tithe is working in my life. I'm dropping it. Hmm. Because the supernatural insight. See, you can't explain it off your head. You've got to be in it. The tithe will give God an avenue to flow that in to you. See, if you don't think correctly about the tithe, I will tell you, it won't work for you. you. It won't work for you. You know, God has been to many of us, to, to many people, and He's tried and tried again to give you a superior life. You really think your life is superior with what you have. And you're just satisfied. You think the money you make, that you, you're living the superior life. And God has come to you time and time again trying to get you to move forward to another life. But not, be, not because he just wants you to, to have more, but because he wants you to superabound and he wants you to operate his principles so that he can use your life to bless others. 
But he's come to you like he did the rich one, young ruler. <laughs> but just like him, you didn't have the supernatural insight to see what he wanted to do. And you went away just like him. No, well, no that's not for me. I'll speak to people and they just walk out of his Walk out of his sight. And working. Many of you sitting out there right now, God has been to the door of your heart. He's been there. He's been to the door of your heart with some specific instructions. Specific instructions. But they were contrary to what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It was, not only was it contrary to what you wanted to do, it was contrary to your security. Wait a minute, if I do that, and he's, he's right there at your heart. Oh, but I don't know. Contrary to your familiarity, you'd be like, well, now that don't, mm-mm, I ain't never done that before. And God's knocking on your heart and saying, yeah, I want you to get out of the familiar. Knocking on your heart. Oh, and how many times have you been to us and knocked on our heart? And he wanted to come in, but it was contrary to our comfort. I'm comfortable like this. And you were unable to see what God was saying and you pulled away. Because that's going to make me uncomfortable. Some of you out there, let me tell you, you let me, God is calling you to this ministry. It's for some of you, God is calling you back to this ministry. But it's right here. Not comfort. That's out of your comfort zone. That's out of you. Some of you out there that have been in this ministry, and uh, you might be going to another ministry, you may not, whatever, but you have to ask yourself, if you died today, who would bury you? What church would bury you? Or would you just have to be at the funeral home because I'm not connected? So I'm talking about you believers, not under a covering. Just think you're going to live forever. And guess what? You'll call us. And we'll bury you. But why would you do such a thing? Why would you not have people around you that can lift you up and build you up? But, but you know what? Again, knocking on your heart. That's going to take me out of my comfort zone, God. That's not what I want to do, God. I want to do something else, God. And God said, this is supernatural. That's what, you, that's, what you, that's what you're saying you don't want. God is supernaturally, uh, right now, He's ministering to your heart. Now again, the tithe is going to open up the avenue where that, by that God can say supernaturally, He will flow through you things that He wants to do through you, to you, for you. But you got to hear it. God is an awesome God, church. And we're not talking about no little ten cents. We're not talking about a dime on a dollar, ten percent. That is nothing compared to the supernatural insight. You mean you'd rather have a little more money than for God to give you supernatural insight what's going on with your health? What's going on with your life? What's going on? You'd rather have that. Well, you are foolish. Because the money will still be here and you'll be gone. 
Forget about money. Don't focus on money. Oh, God, I make $500 a week. Oh, that's $50 a week. That's where the devil gets us. Right there. $50 a week? That's where he keeps getting you. And that's why when you do tithe, you don't get the benefit because you're frustrated right there. Now let's look at what the tithe do for our character. Because it does something for... See, it goes beyond just you trying to get some money. The tithe does something for your character. And I'm using this whole message to set this whole thing up. I want you to look at your neighbor and say this. Say, she's not even close to being through. I'm not through close to being through, but I'm just setting it up. What will the tithe do for your character? Well, first of all, it'll change your attitude toward money. The tithe will do that. It'll change your attitude toward money. Write it down. When you start to tithe consistently, not every once in a while, you start tithing with the proper heart and the proper thought pattern. Now, that's critical. It's critical that the heart and the thought pattern is right. When you consistently tithe, that changes. Your thinking and your heart. It changes your whole attitude towards money. That's why I said you start getting happy about it. You begin to see money as, it, as it's used in such a different way. A different life. For example, it's not what we receive that counts with God. It's what we give. See, it's not what we receive that counts. It's what we give. And the tithe allows us to see, you can see that clearly. But now you hear someone say, it's more blessed to give than receive. In the natural, a person that does not tithe, listen, a person that, you know, because the Bible tells us that, it's more blessed to give than receive. But for a person that does not tithe, that doesn't sound good. That sounds dumb and it sounds like a silly statement. It sounds like you've got to be kidding me. It's always better to have. To the natural person, listen, even the carnal Christian. Now there's a difference. Or I can say to the sinner and even the carnal Christian, they think that it's more blessed when someone is giving me something than it is to give. I mean, that it is to receive. That you believe, I, if, if somebody's giving me something, oh, hallelujah. And you don't think that much of giving, but you think highly of somebody giving you something. But a lot of Christians think that way, and sinners definitely think that way. Now, that's what you would think. You have to, you let your mind run away with that. And it will run away with that. No, you got it. They're giving it. They're giving it. But tithing changes that. It makes you where you're able to see it and say, you know, no, I need to be giving. I need to be a giver in every area of my life, in people's lives. And, and, and again, it's more than just money. It's more than just stuff. It's sometimes your time. It's sometimes you just spending time listening. It's sometimes you gotta give. And stop just looking for somebody. And see, you have to see the other side of it. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And you can't give unless you have. 
And if you don't have, you can't give. You can't give anything unless you have it. You can't give anything unless you have it. So you got to make sure you're in a position to have. You have to make sure you're in the position to have. But I want God to bring that supernatural insight. That's what you want. I want that supernatural insight. God said, okay. Become a consistent tither. Let me tell you, it leaves you selfish when you don't have that. Selfish is not a good place to be. Always thinking about yourself. You got to put that away. Put away being selfish. You know, it, it tickles me. People that think they get away, I've seen it for years. I've seen it in my life. I've seen people early in my life, and they use me for whatever they want to use me for. They think, you know, because I only do what I'm going to do, and I want what I want to do. So it's not like you might think that you are. And, you know, you might think, you know, you know, they gave me this, they gave me that, she gave me this, she gave me that, she gave me this, she gave me that. But what have you given? That's why you're in the state that you're in. If you're a person that's always receiving and never giving, I'm telling you, it's, it, you know, I fight it daily and my husband would talk to me about it, my children talk to me about it. I fight it daily. I'm telling you, it was hard even if pastors appreciate it, it's so hard for me to receive without me like, no, wait, you know what? I need to do something. I need to, you know, I need to pay something. I need to do something because it's just hard because I'm used to giving so much. I, I, I have to learn how and and I'm not saying that to toot my horn, but it is very hard for somebody to give. And it, past here was the same way, though. But it's very hard for someone to just give me something. I, it just feels, and then it bothers me for the rest of the day. And I'm like, I just feel like, you know, and they be like, let it go, mom. I said, yeah, but it's just, I need to. And, 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 and even God has dealt with me about that. He, You need supernatural insight on that. Because giving is going to automatically bring that to you. It just makes that happen. It makes people want to. And they don't even know anything about how you give. But I'll tell you one thing. You can't give unless you have. You cannot. And you can't have until you tithe. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. You hear me? See, I didn't say that tithing is going to make you have. I said that's the beginning. Because see, then we got stewardship in play and everything else. But that's the beginning. If you want to have. And if you have and you're not tithing, then you don't have the insight. You don't have the insight to it. So the money corrupts in your hand and in your lifestyle. It corrupts. That's why when people hit the big lotteries, most, most of them, most of them, it tears their life up. And most of them die broke. Not going to keep it. I don't care. I don't care how much money you think you have or how much you're going to get. It will leave. You, how many times have I told you you're never going to make the word of God a lie? You're not going to. Many have tried. Money in the hands of a fool. Because, see, you're a fool if you play lottery. 
Ooh, I probably lost some streamers by then, but you're a fool. I know, listen, we're not a big, huge, large church, but I'm going to tell you where our heart is. And I believe every minister's heart, I found his pastor's heart was here. And my heart is here. And I know you think I don't, uh, that, 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 uh, yeah, you just saying that. Well, if you play lottery and you win, do this and see if I play. Listen, I don't care if you, if you hit $400 million. Fool. Because that's, that's illegal. You're in the body of Christ. What are you taking a chance for when God, God got investments in His work that are sure? Just the tide. And insight. What you, what, listen, I don't care if you make 400 million. Don't bring it to this church. We don't want it. I'd rather have the insight of God than 10% of that, 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 that illegal money. I'm telling you, I don't believe that. Okay, well then, win it, and then come. And, and say, well, okay, well, Pastor, I'm going to give nobody else need to know. Come and see. I'd rather have the inside of God. That money will pass away. That's it. Let me tell you, all of that foolishness, all of that you're doing, and I'm, uh, what do they call them? Some type of time ball or rolling ball or whatever kind of ball they buy at those stores. They be wasting my time. I'm trying to get me a big red and they standing in line scratching. I'll be like, well, what are they I wouldn't even know what to do with one of those things. I, I probably, I probably would pick one and win and wouldn't even know I won because I don't even know how to work it. It's, it's just like them darn computers and everything else and TVs I don't know how to work. That those cars I don't know how to work either. But I know they'd be in my way. But I'm here to tell you, I'm telling you, I'm going on stream so you can understand and know. If you hit the lottery and you belong to this church, don't bring it here. Just Because it won't be with you long. You're going to need it all. Because it won't be there long. Because money in the hand of a fool. And I'm telling you outright, you are a fool if you play lottery. That church ain't for me. So be it. Another thing you need to understand about this church, if you're ever going to be a part of it, there is no compromise. I don't compromise on my teaching for a member. I'm not desperate to fill a seat to compromise. I'm telling you like it is. I said what I said. And that's that. Move on. Insight because money. Listen, you ain't got to chase after money like that. Insight will cost money, money to chase you. You busy chasing money, trying to make it, coming up with all kind of ideas and working three and four and five jobs and thinking of different plans every, every three months and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Supernatural insight would make you stop chasing money because I'm a tither, I'm a giver, and I'm obeying God. Money's going to chase me. I don't have to about I'll have more than enough. I'll supervise. Why? Because when it chases me, I'm going to be a good steward over it. And I'm going to make it increase. Why? Because I can give to others. I'm not trying to chase it down. A waste of time. What else would tithing do for your character? It'll break that spirit of selfishness. It'll break it. 
The only reason why that spiritual substance is not broken in your life is because you haven't been consistent. <laughs> if you were a consistent tither, it breaks selfishness. It breaks selfishness. Once you understand the tithe, it starts to work in your life. You almost go, uh, you, are, uh, you, you be like me, you almost go the other way. I just, I just, I don't, I, it's hard for me to just, just receive something. Good, bad, or indifferent. I just, you know, I, I just feel like it. Hmm. You say, God, what do you want me to do? Have you ever asked God that? You're scared, aren't you? Only a person that don't tithe is scared to ask God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? When I tithe according to the plan of God, we're more concerned about others than ourselves. Let me tell you, I'm so concerned about all of you all. I am so concerned about you every day. When I get through with my grandchildren and messing around with stuff, when I close my door in my room, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about everything that's going on. I'm concerned about where you are. Because a lot of you, I know where you are. And this pandemic is not helping. And I'm like, and I pray for you. Andre. See, I don't, see, I'm not the type of person that just say I'm praying for you. Praying for you. Praying for you. When, when people do that, uh, let me tell you, when they say, pray for me, let's pray right now. Why do you want me to pray for you? Because I'm going to forget. I, let me tell you, my mind ain't, no. Let's pray right now. Soon as somebody dies, praying for the family. And they go to the, they, they like, and I'm going to go to TJ Maxx. Because they're not praying for you, they're just saying it. But you, when you pray for somebody, pray for them. And that's what I do on a daily basis to every member of this church. Father, give them strength during this time. Let every word that they hear from every minister, from myself, Father God, let it penetrate their heart. Let it convict them, Lord God. Let those that you are calling to this ministry, let them find us. Father, put us as a beacon. They'll find us. They'll find this word. Father, thank you that you are opening the doors that this corona will be crushed so we can get back to the business at hand. Because, Father, we're going into those prisons. Because you've already ordained it. Nothing's going to stop it, God. Wrap it up. Father, help them, strengthen them. The young people, Father God, just, just give them clarity of vision. Let them be encouraged. Let them, Father, strengthen them to be godly young people. Let them not make the same mistakes over and over. Let them, I pray daily. I may not be on every Zoom. And I don't have to Zoom. Zoom, Zoom. But I can Zoom you in prayer. I can zoom you in prayer. And I do. And I don't care if you... And you know what? I don't care who you are. You belong to this ministry. You're being prayed for. And I might as well tell you straight off the bat, some of you are my friends. You don't belong to this church. I don't get to go around to praying for you as much as I do to my members that belong to this church. Because that's my first obligation. is to the people that belong under this covering. Now, God, by insight, in my prayer time, you, you come up in my mind, I know in the spirit, I have an unction, I'll pray for you. But just praying for on, on a daily basis, no. Daily basis belong to those that are under this covering. Under this covering. 
Tithe also builds discipline. Discipline in us. Listen, when you understand the principle, you don't need somebody to remind you of it. You don't have to remind you got your tithe. Mm-mm, you don't understand the principle. You don't use some and put it back. Those type of things you don't struggle with. You're disciplined. Every pay period, you do not say, you know what, oh, wait a minute, Mm-mm. I don't know if we're going to have enough for tithe. We have this, but I don't know. Nope. Discipline won't let you do that. The tithe, consistently tithe, breaks that. When you know the principle, if you don't want anything to happen that's contrary, guard it with all diligence. Guard this principle. The principle, the the principle of sowing reap that's up that that and the tithe is within that principle. There, I'm not saying you sowing tithe because it belongs to God. The principle is upon the bed. It's going to make you where you are bound. It's going to make give you all these things that I'm telling you now that you have. Fourth thing, the tithe makes us trustworthy. For example. I'm going to tell you this now. When I got a hold of tithe and understood it, you cannot make me not tithe. You cannot make me not tithe for no reason. You know why? Because, let me tell you, your tithe is your attitude. You can't make me tithe. I don't care if a thousand preachers come up and say tithing is not for today, you can't make me not tithe. I've seen it in operation in my life. Hmm. Listen, it 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 changes. It makes you trustworthy. You want to be trustworthy. It's your attitude toward the tithes. Let me tell you, if your attitude, listen, listen, this, this is very important. If your attitude is wrong toward your tithe, it's going to be wrong toward your pastor. Oh, it's going to be wrong toward your church. It's going to be wrong. Let me tell you, if, if you have a bad attitude on tithe, it's going to go straight across the board. If you don't have the right attitude, it's going to go straight across the board. You're going to have a wrong attitude about it. You're going to have a wrong, bad attitude about the message. It starts there at the tide. It's a thought process. And let me tell you something. If you cheat on your taxes, you will cheat on your tide. And I'm talking to Christians. If you cheat on your taxes, you will cheat on the tithe. And you cannot be trusted. Well, I didn't really cheat because, I mean, I really don't. See, you cannot put your dogs on your taxes and act like they're a person. That's cheating on your taxes. That's just one way. You can't put less money or extra money because I want the extra whatever they do, whatever. You can't do any of that. 
trustworthy. Tithing will make you trustworthy. I can't do that. Oh, come on, you can go and do No. I can't go and do that. It's easy for people that don't tithe to make to get you right out of there. And you find yourself doing it. See, right there is where a lot of people have been listening. Right there is where your tithes have not been working for you. And you're a consistent tither. But with the wrong heart. See, you have to be a consistent tither with the right heart for it to benefit you. But you might have been tithing consistently. But doing this, it knows and bought the whole tithe. It's an attitude. It's the same one when you go in the store and the clerk give you more money. Same thing. Same principle. Got to be honest. You can't keep it. Don't belong to you. And the fifth thing, tithe makes us tithe make you a blessing. Now, who wouldn't want to be a blessing? Let me tell you, it is nothing more joyful for than for me to be a blessing. And let me tell you, when someone tells me that I'm a blessing, I don't get a big head like, I've really done something. I smile because I think the tithe is working. He's making me a blessing. He's not making you where you have money so you can go out and buy everything that you see in every house, every car, every deal just to keep up with somebody and trying to do it. That's not why he's blessing you. He's blessing you to make you a blessing. Remember what God told Abraham? Get out of your country. Get away from your kindred. Go to a place where I'm going to show you and I'm going to make you a blessing. He blessed Joseph in Egypt. And see, now most people would have told Joseph to give up when he went to prison. See, we don't know when God is blessing us. Oh, that was a path to save his whole family. But we look at it as the wrong thing. Oh, that can't be God. Well, why come? It probably ain't God, but God will use whatever He wants to get you where you need to be. God blessed Abraham and made him a blessing. Made him a blessing. And we're going to talk about living in the blessed state. Because most people are only concerned up to a point. Just up to a point. And that's why their needs are always right there. And they, they, I mean, their needs are met and they're all right with that. They're not all right with superabounding over in abundance. Write this down. The intent of life is to make a difference. That's the whole purpose of your life, is to make a difference. The intent of life is to make a difference. That is the whole purpose of your life is to make a difference. Your life is coming to an end. And if all you've done is work, come home, sleep, eat, 
Go back to work. If that's all and you have not made a difference, you have not fulfilled the purpose of your life. Your life is here. I thank God for my founding pastor. His life made a difference. That's what life is about. When you leave here, have you made a difference? That's your purpose. Sometimes you ride around and you look at everybody in the car and you be like, what is everybody doing? Because their lives, some of them's lives are going to be required this very day. What is it? If you didn't make a difference, what does it matter? What does it matter what you have because you're going to leave it here? What you, don't you want to make a difference? Don't you want to stand before God and He say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done with what? Then you made a difference. Not that you bought houses and cars and stuff and things. He's not going to tell you well done that. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant, that you made a difference. And look at all of those that are not going to hell because of the difference you made. Look at them. He'll have you see it. Just look at them. Just look at them. All because you're, you don't want to stand there and say, God, God said, look at all the ones flooded into hell because you were supposed to Find my purpose and be on it and make a difference. And now all of them are flooding into hell because you missed your assignment trying to live like you were going to live forever. I said this and I'll say it again. You better make a difference. You better do something now. Because you're going to be dead longer than you lived. You're gonna be, you're gonna be on the other side much longer than you are with now. You only, you, you have less than a hundred years or barely a hundred years. You're going to be on the other side much longer than this little time you stay here. Know that. When you die and you transition, that life is gonna be much longer than this life. If you ain't making a difference, you got to answer to God. Final statement. Difference. You must be different. Before you can make a difference, you must be different. You can't be the same old person that did the same old thing you gotta, if you're going to make a difference, you must be different. Young people, if you wanna make a, see, I thank God for education, and you ought to get as much as you can, but don't get swallowed up in it, because God will come knocking on your heart, and tell you something contrary. For a season, even for a season, and you won't even have insight to know that. And you get so wrapped up, you get so wrapped up into education, you will let that system teach all of this out of you. Run it all out of you. Because you have no insight. You have to know what to put on the paper and then trash it. Get the grade and then trash it. Because what? I'm established in him. I'm not established in a school or in a, a certain degree. I doctored this and I got my master's in this. I, fine and dandy. But did it drive God away? Because many, it has driven God away. 
Now you think of God, He's not even real. Now you're too educated for God. Let me tell you, just like I, I, I wrote this on a meme and I'm going to say it to you. I said it to the young people, but I'm going to say it to you. You think you're smarter than God and the devil have already dumbed you down. If you think you're smarter than God, you're dumb. You've already been dumbed down by the devil and don't even know it. That shows you how dumb you are. If you think that your education supersedes the insight and the power of the Almighty God, you are a foolish, unlearned person. And as I found the pastor saying, that degree you have is just a degree of knowledge. I'm living for the one that have all knowledge. And again, I'm not against education. My children went to college. You got to get as much as you can. I'm saying don't let it change your heart toward the things of God. Make sure that you do what they need to put on paper to get you some sheepskin and then let it go and follow God. That's what you do. Don't get caught up. That that's all it's about. God probably made you go to school to get all of that just for you to get into doors to speak with someone about Him. And now you're in the door and you're ashamed to even mention His name. Oh, well, no, we don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And I ain't even talking about you doing it on your job. Sometimes God will give you an opportunity away from the job. And you won't even do it then. Uh, I leave the, uh, you know, I separate church and work. Just like church and state. Well, no. No. No supernatural insight. Too educated for God. You can't make a difference in your life as a minister. Unless you're different. Did you hear me, ministers? You cannot make a difference if you're not different. A pastor must be different. You must be able to trust your pastor. You must be able to trust that when I go away, there will not be a scandal. You won't catch me in the bed with a man. You won't catch me doing anything. See, none of, all of that has to be trustworthy. You have to be able to. And if you can't trust me because I'm a female, you're in the wrong ministry. If you're waiting for my son to step up before you could do it, well, you might be waiting a long time. And you might not live through it. I'll still be here and you'll be gone. Supernatural insight is what you need, but you're not a consistent tither, so you don't have it. But this is where we are now. But we're going to continue this teaching. We're going to, we're now we're going to start digging off deep into the other areas of the tithe. Because I'm telling you, it's more to the tithe than the dime on the dollar. The 10%. You, that 
That's a small deal. You know what? When Everything that I just taught this morning, you ought to say, that, that money is nothing. That's what I want you to get your head to. The money is nothing. And I know what for some of you, it'll get you, when you stop tithing down to the penny. It never ceased to amaze me when somebody put 89 cents. $50.89. See, you go, you be like, you can't round up or even round down. Just round it. That, but again, I get where you are. You have to learn how to understand what God is doing in your life. And then I'm telling you, then it doesn't even make any difference. It doesn't even make any difference to me. It doesn't even make it. I am not trying to count nothing up, nothing that I'm like just, just, I just give. I give, and I know what whatever the tithe is that that belongs to God. But I, that that's just not something should be that's in the forefront of my mind. But again, everybody is not there, and I don't expect you to just be there overnight. But I expect you to start from somewhere. Just like we've set the reset on a new administration, reset right now and change your way of thinking. Change everything. Say, so you know what, this is where I'm about to start now. You, let me tell you, don't talk to nobody about it. Just do it. Talk to God about it. God, you know where I am. You know the struggles I have. You know how I've been struggling in this area. You know I haven't been consistent. You know I can't do it. Because let me tell you, with what God is doing, He's going to ask for something there. He's not waiting on you. You have to position yourself. You have to position yourself. You can't look at, oh, I'm giving this, I'm giving this, I'm giving this. I can't. It's there. Poor stewards never see that. Never, never, ever see it. But God is faithful. I want you to start thinking and tie differently. I want you to get excited about it. I want you to come back next week. I want you to say, I want to know more. I want to know more. I don't want to be that fool that she said. I got mad at her about that, but you know what? It's true. Nobody knows it but you and God. I didn't call no names, but if you're a fool, you're a fool. That's that's it. If you play lotto, yeah. I mean, you, anybody that does that kind of stuff is foolish. Maybe that'll help you. Just foolish. If I put it on it, maybe it'll make you feel better. So you're just foolish. But you don't have nothing to give to God. Nothing to give to God. Five dollars here, God. Ten dollars here, God. Fifteen dollars here, God. Every once in a while, nothing to give to God. But I can go to Seven Eleven and every other store, and I'll give whatever I can just to win a high ball, a low ball, or whatever it's called, ball, ball, whatever. But I'll do that, and I expect the blessings of the Lord. And when I die, bury me and talk about how good I am and how faithful I was. And tell me to rest in heaven and rest in peace and all that, even though I'm not doing any of that. God, I am. I said what I said. 
I'm not going to mention no words. I'm not going to, I'm not trying to be, oh, I'm just, you know, trying to work around it. No. Let me tell you, I'm trying to snatch you out so that you can understand what God is doing in your life. And where he wants, wants to take you. Because remember, we're still in the time of preparation. And something else is coming. Don't forget it. It's already beginning. Something else is coming. There's no, the end times is coming. Let me tell you, tribulation has already started. Whether you, whether you get it or not. It's already, and it's, and it's just going to get deeper. And you had better be ready. And look, when I say be ready, I ain't looking for God to give me no money to be ready. I'm looking for insight to be ready. That's what I need. I need supernatural insight for this, this thing God cause what, what, what's, what's coming, money ain't gonna be able to get you out of it. Supernatural insight is gonna give you what, gonna help you get out of that. And hey, I'm, be like those virgins. Look, where is your all? See, you don't come trying to jump on my horse and, it don't work like that. You have to know it for yourself. Own it! It's called owning it. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.com.